It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the Flowtrack Podcast. I'm Kevin. He's Lincoln. Flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. On today's show, we are not going to assign a player rating for all 750 American athletes. That was yesterday. So if you're tuning in for that, go back one episode. My congrats to you, Lincoln, for surviving that episode. Well done, sir. Yeah, you know, I towed the line between just making fun of Gordon for having no life for doing this and treating it like a legitimate uh, pursuit. Uh, You do have to fill an hour. So I did like debating the complete semantics of why some athletes got a 99 why some got a 98 and god knows gordon can talk about it forever so we we squeezed out an hour from it i want to know why didn't he make this international right there's a mm-hmm. huge market internationally that he's not tapping into and then that would make it even harder to get a 99 and that mm-hmm. way you you would recognize people in the 80s whereas with the american yeah. athletes they got down to like 91 and you're like i have no idea who that person is right Right. That's why I said, I think that's a fun pursuit. You go through and you, you get, if you, they start to, things start to get a little fuzzy around 93 for me. So it does make it real tough. And then by 75 that they've all the way at the bottom, he made up every single one of those names. I'm absolutely yeah. convinced by that. There were some names that were not real letters that have never been next to each other before, let alone at a track meet. I do think that would have been a lot more fun, you know, get Safan Hassan, in there, get uh, Shawnee Miller Weibo and uh, Miller Weibo. That would have been uh, really, really fun. And if you keep those same parameters, where you only have six athletes, then it gets really oh. tough to to crack each of those each of those ninety nine clubs. We should not have made fun of this because this sounds like a great content idea for next week. Yeah. Why we, why do yeah. why do we mock Gordon? I want to make yeah. World Athletics twenty twenty one from EA Sports uh, yeah. coming to a gaming console because then you leave off you leave off people who won gold medals, right? Then you're deciding between gold medalists for 99. You're not just saying, right. well, they all got a gold. So then they go on. I'm not saying Gordon took the easy way out because goodness, he ranked 798 athletes or whatever it was. But yeah, I'd like to see the international good. version as well too. I did like when he said, hey, I snuck a couple athletes in here. Can you guess who they were? And I thought you were going to say everybody in the 70s. But instead yeah. it was Tui. <laughs> instead it was the high schoolers. <laughs> 
I, uh, I mean, I just know how he operates at this point. It was an excuse to get probably Nico Young in there so as he could <laughs> send it to Mike Smith and see what's your reaction. Because Gordon is on a text thread with at least five different coaches every day. I think he wakes up and texts Carl Lewis if he doesn't already have a text yet. And then it's Mick Byrne if he needs any Wisconsin news. I guess that's going. And then it's Mike Smith the rest of the day. So... Listen, I, I I know the way he operates now, and this it all makes sense through prisms of pursuits like ranking eight hundred athletes. Mm-hmm. I I have it. I find it very hard to believe that Mike Smith would know what EA Sports sports like games are. I just that doesn't mm-hmm. seem like a gamer to me. Mm, yeah, I could see that. I I guess I could not see that. Um, I'm trying to think of what the tagline is for a fake video game because you can't say if it's in the mm-hmm. game, it's in the game because it, there's not a game. Right. So, it's in the race. It's in the race. Yeah. It's in the event. It's in the event. <laughs> yeah. If it's in the call room, it's in the call room. If it, the right. start line. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I. You guys were thinking like, how would you make that game work? I think a marathon video game could actually work because aren't people really into these very intricate role-playing games where they create whole worlds and universes for themselves you sort of how right. i guess how the sims started long 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 time ago i mean budgeting which gels you take when and figuring out when to surge and when to go with the lead pack it seems like a That'd game you could really invest a, a lot of time into yeah I, you never mm-hmm. would have told me 15 20 years ago that people would be interested in playing these super long odyssey games or like trading coconuts with other people on or whatever people do in animal crossing or wh- whatever that stuff mm. is like that. You never would have thought that that would have been yeah. what people would be playing in, in the year 2020. So you could run fast times and unlock things like the alpha flies and Klaus mm. and <laughs> the ability, the ability to train with Elliot Kipchoge. Uh, who knows what you get, like else, a better hotel yeah. room the night before. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You've unlocked fun. it. Like... Get interviewed by Lincoln after yeah. the, the after the race. That's, and then it's just you right screaming at him. Did you think you blew it? Who is this yeah. guy? It's hey, it's a rite of passage, and people know I'm not gonna be lobbing up softballs. No, right down the middle. <laughs> right down the middle. You ask people if they're gonna meet any showrunners when they go to Japan. <laughs> yep. This has been a very right, esoteric start to this podcast. Okay, go ahead. No, I just I well, mm. we can back up. We can tell people. We can let people inside. Lincoln once mm. famously asked Noah Lyles if because he's into anime, mm. if he plans when he goes to Tokyo Olympics if he's going to meet with mm. any showrunners there. And <laughs> what did he say? <laughs> I just started laughing when he asked the question. <laughs> he said, "I mean, he said no." He tried to entertain the question. He's like, "No, you know." I just thought Japan. He's really into anime. I mean, if we think back to USA's last summer, he was putting silver in. You're his running hair. out of questions. Yeah, it was like minute seven of a semifinal <laughs> interview. I think <laughs> that that one should have been over by by you know three minutes before, but I just went for it. Yeah. Well, we always joke about how you don't always have to ask a question, especially with the big name athletes when there's so many questions being thrown their way. But yeah. sometimes people feel the need. And I've done it too. You're just like, man, I got to gotta feel like I'm doing something here. What about yeah. the showrunners? No. 
And that's how you end up with that question, which we have hey, not stopped uh, laughing about. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe he ends up in an episode of Dragon Ball Z. I don't know. I have no mm-hmm. idea. And then he'll be like, remember that time that guy asked me about showrunners? <laughs> and now I'm maybe he'll tweet out a selfie here with the showrunners. Yeah. There are there are <laughs> there are there is a certain level of track fame that you get to where people just ask you a million unrelated questions mm-hmm. just because you are the quote unquote star and then they ask, they want to just do a uh, a bunch of people want to do a profile on you and it is going to go in a million different directions you don't know what exactly they're focused on so then they're throwing questions yeah. about like what's your mom like or did you ever play football or do you do do you sing on the side like all that stuff so then the interview you know contrast that with an interview of just like a random person winning or not a not a random person but uh you know like when Sensowitz wins it's like mm-hmm. okay Sensowitz wins here's the questions about the race questions about how he thinks he's going to do in the Olympics blah 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 but with someone like Lyles or someone else where it's like okay this person's the star you have like 10 people around them asking them questions for they're just trying to dig for anecdotes so they're just out yeah. there just lobbing hail hail marys in minute 9 about it yeah like what's yeah. the inspiration for your dance yeah yeah exactly no it's fun to try to guess like when you can see where people are going with their their content or their their stories like yeah oh that's a third paragraph anecdote they're looking to <laughs> pepper in like what's tell, your favorite restaurant in des moines what did you talk to the the waitress like you know it's just like always it's always stuff like that but i I I see I'm I'm you know my intentions. I'm not asking that for a story. I'm just asking that because I feel like asking that. There's no <laughs> intent. Like I said, like may I may have said on the show before. I asked Mondo Duplantis a question one time in Doha without a camera on him or any recording device. I just asked it for the sake of asking. Uh, I've done that before. Yeah. <laughs> you just wanted to know. Because yeah. sometimes it's just the interview's over, and then you're like, "Oh man!" Yeah. And then they end up saying something better than they did when the camera was on, and that's yeah. that's when it sucks. You're like, "Oops, I probably mm-hmm. should have kept this rolling." But sometimes your questions pay off. Like when you asked Ryan Krauser if the cowboy hat is an underrated hat, that mm-hmm. one I would have laughed at. But then, in retrospect, that's aged very well. I I, I think so. I just I I, I mean I, that one was planned. I I knew I was going to ask a silly question to him. Um, and I've done that with Michael Norman as well before I asked him about if he got his fish flown in from, for Des Moines from California or something. I don't know. That Hopefully one was I'm a not, miss. I'll say that one was a mess. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't understand the question. Uh, I, you know, I try to balance the seriousness and goofy goofiness of the job of trying to cover track and field. It's kind of a silly pursuit anyways. I brought up uh, a central earlier. Central earlier, I wanted to report on his Instagram because last night he uh, posted something, and I sent it to you. And it said it was a picture of him, and it said, "I can't change the direction of the wind, but I can adjust my sails to always reach my destination." And you were wondering, Cryptic. well, what did that? What did that? What did that mean? Yes, exactly, because he hasn't run in any of these BTC meets. Uh, I sent it to somebody who I thought might know the answer, and they said, "Well, I don't think that means he left the group, Bowerman, because they had, this person had seen, had talked to someone who had seen them running with the entire BTC group a couple hours ago." And then this morning, or late last night, I'm not sure, he posted this. 
on Instagram on a story. To my followers, continuing to ask if I have left Bowerman, the answer remains the same. No, I appreciate everyone's concern. Jerry and I are equally excited about my future and what I've been able to accomplish with a group under minimal training. The group's recent successes have been nothing but inspiring and motivating for not just me, but for the entire track world. I've enjoyed the team camaraderie this group exemplifies, and I look forward to logging many more miles with my Bowerman bros. So there you go. There's the answer. Wow. Maybe he was literally talking about sailing. There's a chance that he's picked that hobby up. Um, mm-hmm. in, in, he's got a regatta in, later. Is that what, is yeah, that and regatta? just... I think so. Um, th- you're right. He could have exact, you know, getting out on those... What I don't know. I don't know where Portland is in Oregon. What what portion of the state? But he's getting out in those those waters north. of Portland, north yes. the North Oregon waters, <laughs> and setting sail and in on the Willamette. You know, maybe he didn't have any good photos of himself sailing. He just had to go with his <laughs> usual uh, running content. I don't know. Yeah, I you know that that was a significant thread on the old Let's Run. Uh, thread boards or whatever they're called about him potentially thread leaving. Board. I think there there was some there was some rumors. He, delete, he deleted a bunch of social media posts. Apparently, I mean, we all know that's a crime that is worthy <laughs> of uh, persecuting someone for no. But uh, I guess that grew that 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 rumor grew enough to where he felt he needed to address it. But. Uh, I guess good to hear he's still with Bowerman. I, I didn't, you wouldn't want uh, your Olympic champion leaving a, a solid team in the in the run up to a, another Olympic Games. Well, they got two more meets scheduled, mm-hmm. so we'll see. Maybe yeah. maybe he'll make an appearance at one mm-hmm. of these last two. The famous, as you've noted, Bowerman Inter Squad Three and Bowerman Inter Squad Four. Never Even squad, never Bowerman. squatting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, never, never stop, never squatting. Yeah. Uh, let's talk. Let's talk NCAA briefly because after you and Gordon got done recording your absolutely amazing podcast yesterday, the Chef's Wisconsin kiss. Nuttycomb Invitational was was canceled. Unfortunately, now those of you who don't know that meet aren't familiar with the meet. That is the main regular season meet. Mm-hmm. That is a huge portion of the cross country season. If you were trying to qualify for the NCAA meet, that meet and the pre-nationals meet serve as the main tickets to that meet other than qualifying through your regional, which obviously is important as well. But I think this was predictable once the Big Ten said that they were going to conference only because then you're hosting a meet where a million conferences are attending. Yeah, it it, it... It was to be expected after last week where the Big Ten announced that they weren't going only in conference. But at the same time, it's like the full weight of the um, impact of this didn't hit until it was announced that Nuttycomb was being canceled. Because I was thinking, you know, if if pre-nationals is somehow canceled, like the whole format of NCAA, the NCAA season is, is entirely different. And we've got to come up with on the fly a different way to build an NCAA field. Now, the bigger point, of course, is there's a really good chance we don't have a season period, but the pre-nationals meet can absorb all these teams that would have gone to Wisconsin, and I know a lot of them are going to end up going in conference. 
but it was just a, a huge reminder and a you know a neon sign that it almost seems like it's going to be impossible to clear all the logistics to make this a, a season that even resembles anything like we've seen in the past. Not to mention that the fact that the biggest goal is a is avoiding mass outbreaks and keeping student athletes and the people that are around them healthy. I, I just, I don't know how this is possible. And I, you know, I put in the article that I just quickly wrote. Yes. I understand that the big 10 already said in conference. So you could have said, well, this was predictable, but to me, you remove this meat and you can't ask pre-nationals to take on all these teams, especially during a pandemic. So then what is the season really? Are we just having dual meets and no NCAAs? How do you pick an NCAA field? You could say, well, we can pick. We know NAU would have made it. We know Stanford would have made it on the women's side, yada, yada, yada. But that that's not really a fair format. I'm just saying you're, you're wiping this meat out and you realize truthfully how it was a backbone of the entire system, the NCAA uh, the way they choose a field. So I know we knew, I guess, this was coming, but to see it officially put pen to paper, um, it 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 validated or it really showed me that I don't think there's any way that there's a season that culminates in an NCAA championships like we've that we're used to seeing with 31 teams. I, I just how do you do it without without just subjectively choosing teams. I mean, that I just don't, I don't know what it can possibly look like. I'm sure G Gordon has an answer, but when you remove the, this meat and mm -hmm. you're asking pre-nationals, I guess, to take all the other teams on, it's just, it's almost impossible to, to, to do it the way we've become accustomed to having cross country. I think if given the choice now, I think people would take, Hey, let's just take a couple teams out of each region and and move it forward that way because okay. what i'm hearing from coaches the the feeling is just incredibly pessimistic that there's going to be a season right so yeah. i think if 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 things break so that there can be a season i think people would just be so thrilled that there would be a season that i don't mm -hmm. think there would be much quibbling over how do we get the at-large bids i just think yeah. that would be the hundredth biggest concern i think the season in general is in peril, which isn't anything new. We're hearing rumors that, you know, the, the big East is going to go, you know, conference only, but this just feels like a step uh, towards the, towards the inevitable. I don't know. Have you been reading about football, college football, and just like the off the, the anonymous quotes that, that are being <laughs> stated by power five ADs and power five football coaches. It's just, they are very, they are extremely pessimistic, and mm -hmm. you know there was there was some sentiment earlier about moving football to to the spring. The SEC, I believe, doesn't want to do that because that would be, in their mind, you know, tough to do. Okay, spring season and then come back again in the right. fall of of twenty twenty one. But mm -hmm. the quote the quotes that are being printed by powerful people and people in the know in the most influential sport in the NCAA are painting a extremely bleak picture of the, the likelihood that this is happening. And I think yeah. a lot of this is just drip, 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 drip. And then eventually it's, it's just going to be the entire, the entire thing. Um, yeah. And that's, that's the biggest thing. It's not following necessarily what the nutty comb invitational does follow 
what football does and that's going to clearly trickle down to to cross country the whole in conference thing has really never made sense i mean you're still going to be if you would truly have like let's imagine like you have a mid-season meet like a nutty comb that would assemble all your conference teams so it'd basically be conference uh pre-conference and then conference um (laughs) i yeah you're still getting a lot of bodies together and you know and this is assuming we could again i sound like a broken record but we can have athletes on campus student athletes on campus i I just don't see it i don't I, i i feel like um the the in conference thing is kind of, to me feels like like punting on making a full decision, like buying yourself some time to to, to mm-hmm. put out that hope that we could have a season while we figure out an, another you know permanent solution. Because I I just feel like and that's f- fine if they figure think that that's a solution. I just I don't see how that's a a realistic thing. Now I know Nutty Comb, you you know you're talking about. 400 kids on a start line and if you did it with a conference meet it could be a hundred and that's like well statistically that's much safer i think it's just but still your pockets around the country for cross-country meets you're gonna have 40 cross-country meets a weekend of which there's a hundred kids and it adds up to the same amount of bodies even if the travel isn't as much i don't think you're you're making it necessarily incrementally safer or exponentially safer uh, i i just think like i said that this is a we're, we're pushing this down the road a little bit until we get to august until we got to make a hard decision yeah, on yeah, this yeah. and because yeah. nothing is nothing is set i mean there's no we have no idea with cross country coaches don't seem to know coaches know a little bit more than we do but they're not the ones who are making the making the calls it's all at the top and obviously those decisions are dictated by what they want to do with football it's just not going to yeah. be safe i mean i'm sorry i know people want this i just it's i'm not an expert but we know it's not going to be safe yeah are 18 to 22 year olds likely to die no but but you're still going to get the virus and pass it on. We've handled this thing horribly. And and are we going to continue to have this? It's just, I mean, at this stage, if we're trying to, I, I just think anything we're doing right now in 2020, we're taking away from 2021, right? And we're going to get to the point where we're like, can we have the Olympics? Like, are the Olympics going to get, are we are we willing to have a, a, a small cross-country season and do all these sports right now in this weird format? And then we're going to ha- still have numbers and then we're going to have to be debating can we even do the Olympics in 2021? Because of like, look how bad this still is. I just, th- that's what I don't get. Just call it a year, 2020. It's been a good one. Uh, and by a good one, yeah. I mean an absolutely night- nightmarish, horrible one. Like let's yeah. try this again next year when things are much yeah, different. Yeah. I, I just think we're forcing the issue. Well, I think a lot of people would agree with you on that. And, you know, going back to March, February, even, People were saying, hey, the messaging then should have been, if you want your kids to be back in school in August and September, these are the precautions we need to take now so that Mm -hmm. way school doesn't happen. But it feels like it's been a series of half measures and now we are a month out of school and we're seeing what that picture is. You could say the Mm -hmm. exact same thing for sports. And in the case of the NCAA, sports is linked to school and K through 12 Schooling is in a way linked to university schooling, right? Because mm-hmm. there's, there's similar similar practices in place in terms of, is it safe? And you could say, okay, 10 and under is different than 18 to 22. But when you talk about opening a high school, opening 
a college campus operating in similar cities, similar um, health regulations, right? Like it's yeah. it's all part it's all part of the big picture of you can't, when you're having massive outbreaks, it's hard to do sports. And yeah. the NBA, the NBA might be able to do it because they spent 150 million dollars to inoculate themselves from all of this to create a literal a literal <laughs> I use the word literal not literally but almost yeah, literally not literal a bubble but but it is, but mm-hmm. like in a way it, it like the 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 regulations and the and the rules that they've put in place for the NBA to operate in Orlando appears extremely strict right and that yeah. if that's what you have to do if that's what you have to do in order to have sports well then there's going to basically be only a few places where that's doable yeah where they have a yeah. ton of money right like the NFL theoretically because they have a lot of money could do that uh i don't know exactly if that's something they're exploring probably not but how many sports leagues how many organizations could do what the nba is doing and they're setting this incredibly high bar of like this is what it means to have a safe sports experience everybody fly to one city on a massive mm-hmm. resort get tested instantly and the moment you step out you have to re-quarantine you're monitored constantly. You're wearing rings that beep when you go within six feet of each other. I mean, all these <laughs> things that they have in place uh, aren't in place in other elements of no. of, of the sporting no. world, right? Right. No, I mean, you have guys that are ha- having to take, like, when they accidentally take, you know, step a foot outside the bubble, they've got to be re-quarantined or, you know, they've got to isolate themselves. That's if, if Joe Schmo, eighth man on the cross country team goes to his local bar, I don't think he's cross country coach is going to be like, now, where were you last night? Were you at the honky tonk bar? You, okay. So you can't be around anyone go, no, you can't go to class and you can't go, you can't run. No, obviously that was a very weird example. I apologize for that. But, uh, I don't, it's 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 not you can't scale it right to put it to let's give it to maybe some conspiracy theorists out there who believe in silicon valley charm let's put it put it in that terms uh you can't scale what the nba what the mlb and what the major leagues are doing it's not going to happen it's not safe i I, i'm not going to feel safe you know going to meets and being around sweating people and and acting like everything is normal and athletes shouldn't feel safe either i know how bad they want to season, but it, it's just w- w- it, the sign that this wasn't going to work was what happened when it, when states started opening up without masks res- with, without saying you don't have to wear a mask going to businesses and the cases went up. I don't care about the death rates. There's talks about other strains of this virus. And, and so that could be the cause of that. We don't have to get into that, but I, it's just, there's no world where it makes it, where health wise, it makes sense to do this. Mm-hmm. Let's change gears a little bit. A couple more stories I want to touch on in the last few minutes of the podcast. Unless you want to stay on that. Do you want to stay on that topic and do 20 more minutes on that? No? I, okay. I think I've, I'm have i good. I've ranted okay. enough. Yeah. You save that one for Gordon uh, next time. Mm-hmm. Deja Stevens will serve a 18-month suspension for whereabouts violations. The AU announced that this morning – which mm-hmm. would keep her out through the Olympics and Olympic trials, obviously in 2022. Yeah. 
20. What was your takeaway from this? Well, like we discussed at the beginning, um, 2021, sorry, it, I messed that up. I don't even know when the Olympics yeah, are no, anymore. You're, <laughs> yeah. Well, this punishment to me, because it was three violations within a year and because it's a year and a half, which is a sentence I, is not super typical. It seems like it's either the full two years or it's put down to one year, but obviously the circumstances that they are giving an athletes, particularly American athletes, a one year suspension. Uh, you know, I guess soon that will expire and uh, to the point where you would miss the Olympic trials and therefore the Olympic games. But if you're giving an athlete, a U.S. athlete, a, a one-year suspension, there's a chance they could be back for the trials and the Olympic games. So this year and a half suspension feels like it's a it's a template that in the Coleman case could be could be applied. Sure, he could get reduced, but maybe they say they look at it, they look at his his rationale and you know whatever they maybe they don't believe it and they and they say well we're going to give you the year and a half because it's reduced from the two years but this isn't going to be a situation where basically it's a technicality but because of the, the situation with the pandemic you can still compete i have no idea but that's what i took away from this deja stevens you know she was a an olympic finalist at a pretty young age in 2016, I, I think she made the final maybe again in 2017, or at least she made the team. She hasn't been on that level the last couple of years, but a very talented athlete. Um, you know, the specifics of her, her, her case obviously are going to be different than, than Christian Coleman's. But, the, but but it is my biggest takeaway just because of when you think about whereabouts, we think of who's the biggest athlete with the whereabouts case right now. It's obviously Christian Coleman. So I look at it as, ooh, that's that could be an option for him. Whereas he's thinking, oh, I just need to get this reduced down to a year. Well, no, there's still that 18-month option where you could, you know, get your time cut back, but you're still going to be missing the Olympics. Um, it's an apples to oranges type of a thing, but it, it was my first thought when I saw this come across the wire. Yeah, same with me because you're looking at, at precedent. Now, there's not just been one whereabouts case. There's been a bunch, sure. but um, American mm -hmm. athlete recent violations you're going to draw the line to okay well what's going to happen when the most high profile person in the situation has to receive a a punishment and the difference between 12 months and 18 months is everything that is everything for yeah. christian coleman and and his career because that's the difference between depending on when they date it olympics or no olympics right I and mean, that's 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 the ball game now. I, I mean, I guess if it was eighteen months, he could compete later on in the in the summer in uh, in twenty twenty one. But it's all about I don't the think Olympics. that would be you know that, of course. Right? Yeah. yeah. So the that that would not be a a consolation for for him. So just something to keep an eye on as we move forward. Another topic: we have a, a ten thousand this weekend. Um, I know the scroll mm. says it's on Friday. Scroll says it's on Friday. It should be Saturday. My <laughs> apologies there. But Molly Seidel racing a 10,000. Whoa, excuse me. Something went underneath my door and it scared me. All right. My son is stuffing stuff underneath the door. That is great. All right. That happens. Uh, it happens. Molly Seidel, Abby Cooper, Natasha Rogers headlining this 10,000 in Boston on Saturday. Right. Um, I'm loving seeing the, a, a marathoner like Seidel hop back on the track. I kind of wondered and posited a month or so ago, like what are marathoners going to do now that there's basically no marathons and it's, 
probably do the next best thing for a long distance runner. It's run a 10,000. Um, it'll be cool <laughs> to see her back on the track. That said, Bowerman is kind of ruining the uh, time trial track events for everyone else <laughs> because last week, the day after Bowerman did their Portland Air Squad 2, I believe like teams like NZ Elite and a couple other groups got together and I forget where and some, somewhere in it was either in Arizona or Utah, I forget. But um, they ran like a time trial 5,000, and it was at a little bit of al altitude. But the times were just comparably so much slower, um, mm -hmm. or by comparison, so much slower that it was just kind of like, this that's not impressive. So you feel bad because these Portland <laughs> teams are going to get out there and run really, really fast, and other athletes who may not even be running their main events are going to do stuff, and it's just like... Yeah, but Shelby Houlihan ran 1423. So how am I supposed to feel about that? You know, it's just, it kind of, it's tough. Like, I just feel like I, I I can only, I've had the cream of the crop. Like, I, I feel like my standard now for ex getting excited about time trials is Bowerman Track Club and Bowerman Track Club only. And Don and Brazier, of course, as well. Let me add into that. So anytime these get, these gets, these get announced, I'm like, Okay, ten thousand. Do you think you can run like thirty fifteen? Because that's pretty much my standard for excellence when it comes to track ten thousands. Now that I've seen Shelby Houlihan run fourteen twenty three, so uh, no, I'm mostly joking. It'll be cool to see a Abby Cooper. Don't call her Abby Diagostino uh, on the track, and Molly Seidel, her first race since finishing second at the Olympic trials. That is fun as well. So I, I like yeah, all where track is going in the U.S. right now. Yeah. All, all three of those women have really interesting stories. Seidel, yeah. the first yeah. race on the track since making the team. Maybe she yeah. has a big breakthrough. The Bowerman time trials and the other time trials are instructive in that we know people are able to be fit and in shape. Yeah. Of course, yeah, Abby Cooper hasn't run one since college. She's been more in the, in the 5,000s, so maybe she sees her path to another Olympic team would be in the 10,000 and Natasha Rogers was below the radar, but she ran really well during the, the cross country season and, and was on a bit of a mm -hmm. roll. So I'm curious to see what she does now. Remember she finished top three in 2012, but didn't, uh, didn't have the standard in the 10,000. Right. It was that weird, the right. weird situation where uh, the, the, the top three was not the top three. Um, and that was when she was still at, at Texas A&M. So she's having a bit of a career renaissance. So she's someone to watch for. I know we get so focused on how fast Bowerman's running and how many people can they put on the team. And then you also have mm -hmm. Huddle and Emily Sisson presumably taking a shot at the 10,000 team next year. That, that women's 10,000 is going to be mighty competitive and it's going to have a lot of a lot of big names in it at the trials next year for sure for sure um yeah it got obviously a lot more interesting when sisson and huddle didn't make the 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 marathon team and we knew that that would be the case but you know marielle hall's very very good now and then you got the naz elite athletes also did make the marathon team and kellen taylor steph bruce very interesting race for sure the combination of the the marathoners who you know didn't succeed at their or didn't get to the level getting didn't get top three in their in in their primary event looking for some redemption 
and you know the possibility of 5k athletes i guess i don't imagine we will see carissa swizer but she would be a massive game changer if that was a distance she also tried to take on um and then you got emily infeld and yeah there's just a a, a lot of names it may be not a super deep event for the u.s on the international level even though uh molly huddle i think can still be pretty pretty darn good and and obviously hall and and sisson it's in the U.S. A, a very tough team to make in in 2021. Who do you think runs it for Bowerman? Do you think because it comes before the 5,000? But do you mm. think Schweizer yeah. tries to do both? Not do you really. Frazier tries to. Okay. No, I, I don't. I, I don't. Um, no, I, I, I don't think you sacrifice that. I mean, Schweizer specifically. I mean, I think she's such a lock now in the 5,000. This is assuming health and all that, but if she's such a lock that it's not a thing where she needs to come in and I mean maybe she wants to double at the Olympics, right? And which is totally respectable. But having not having that experience on the international level of the ten thousand, I would think, you know, you're running a risk of of burning yourself out. And I know the distance, the time between the events of the trials is is sufficient, but you know, ten K takes a lot out of you. I think when she's as secure of a lock as I think she is, she'd be fine just doing the five. But you're gonna, you're gonna have Gwen Jorgensen. I you know, not that she's shown herself to be a, a factor yet, but it's just another name in there. Uh, Infeld will double, Hall will double, uh, maybe Frazier, but she's been hurt. I mean, there's just a, there's just a lot of names coming from the marathon and 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 in other places that can make that a really really unique event. And if Swizer comes in, that's doubly true. Yeah, it's just hard to think that she's not gonna be good in the ten thousand. No, of course you'd be good at good, good at everything. Yeah. Good at everything else, and her chances of getting on the podium in Tokyo, I think, are the same in the ten as they are. In really, the five. You think that? I just yeah, because it, I mean, it's essentially the same race, right? How they're not, they never end up that different. Yeah. I don't think I, the the ten. Well, yeah. historically for the U.S., the ten's been better, right? You've been able to right. sneak out some medals in the in the ten thousand where they haven't. Yeah, been I guess able that's to a good that. point. That's a good point. In, in the 5,000. I mean, she would and be. do you the, want. Yeah. Well, I was just going to add, do you want to risk it in the five? Because the five is, looks like a hornet's nest right now. Mm-hmm. So you're saying get that get that spot. And then, yeah, I mean, I guess she's so fit. That's in Swizer that it's probably going to be a 5,000 meter race anyways for the 10K, if not a two mile race. And if you run fourteen twenty six, it's a pretty good shot that you're going to be able to run. Sure, but here's 30, the five thousand thirty fifty or whatever. What's that? Here, here's the five thousand. Here's the five thousand field. Now just take, we'll take Houlihan out of it um, because we assume she's going to make the fifteen. I mean, if something happened yeah. to either Shelby Houlihan or Jenny Simpson in the fifteen, then that would obviously add another person who could make it in the five thousand. But in the five thousand, you'd have mm -hmm. Perrier. You'd have Cranny who just ran fourteen forty-eight, right? You'd have whoever didn't make it in the in the ten. So maybe Huddle or Sisson doesn't make it in the ten and go all out with nothing to lose in the five. Yeah. I mean, there's just there's a lot, you know, Rachel Snyder. Um, there's a lot of people there in the yeah. five. Um, not that there's not a lot of people there in the ten, too, but maybe you want to give yourself two chances in, instead of one to make the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, tons of possibilities there. And uh, 
you know, you can end up with a situation where a marathoner makes the 5,000 team. Just that's how, that's how solid those athletes mm -hmm. are. And that that's how, you know, it just all depends on who puts their eggs in the 10 K basket and who's just focusing on, on the five. Um, you know, if Houlihan for whatever reason focuses on the 5k and says, that's going to be my Olympic distance. I mean, that's a whole right. totally different, that's a totally different scope of the event. you know, she controls everything there and, you know, Swizer will be right there next, next to her. So basically it's one spot open. Um, mm -hmm. so it's kind of all dependent on what, on what they do it, it, but it's fun to see those athletes come in and, you know, compete against marathoners for spots on the track. Yeah, the five and the ten remind me of how the eight and the fifteen were a couple of years ago for the U.S., where just the depth got so crazy, and you're mm -hmm. like, man, there's going to be there's going to be really good people left off of yep. these teams. Um, yep. So I'm 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 curious to see, and then I don't know when is the let me look at when the the steeple is because you know obviously that would women's wouldn't steeple. Be I think it might. be wouldn't be a good podcast mm -hmm. without Kevin checking checking the schedule. Luckily, I know you, you got know you have it saved. I have it up right now. Yeah, I'm looking at it. so yeah. women's five thousand final is the last day, mm. and then the but the women's steeple is on. Oh, never mind. <laughs> women's steeple final is on the same day as the women's five thousand meter first round. I I was just thinking if something hap were to happen to one of the. You always think contingencies here, right? If someone were to happen to the big three in the steeple, throw them in there. Uh, mm. I know the odds the odds of that happening are pretty low, but I don't know. Maybe someone clips the barrier. Maybe someone gets DQ'd, and then they come back later on in the meet. Those are my favorite. Those are my favorite trial stories. Are the people who like yeah. Brenda Martinez barely barely misses it, or something horrible happens, and they have to come back later on yeah. in, an, in yeah. another event and try to make the team. Yeah, or Brendan Martinez's case, the women's 800 explodes with 150 meters to go and Jeez. takes out the entire field. Yeah, <laughs> that that race, man, that race yeah, was that race. absolutely insane. Um, yeah, and and I, I just yeah, I'll never forget that one. That one was yeah, yeah. All the before, during, and after was just like whoa. And then I think the yeah. men's race was after, and everyone was like, or maybe the men's race was before. I don't, I don't remember. They're on the same totally night. I wanted to. Well, I was just like, all right, well, like nothing happened. Like then you just thought, yeah. I remember thinking with every other race then that like something was going to go wrong. Someone's going to get DQ'd. Someone's going to fall down. But that was pretty much the only one in the men's race. No. It's like, oh, all right. Well, Boris Barron made the team. Uh, Clayton Murphy made the team. Charles Jock rode yeah. his bike. All right, cool. Yeah. Let's do this. Uh, <laughs> all right. Charles well, we, uh, that was the story, right? Charles Jock rode his bike. I mean, everybody was talking about. He did. No, no, no. Time. You're totally right. I just that that uh, that was a good anecdote. That was kind of the anecdote to take from that one, because uh, the Boris Berrien working at McDonald's, that one had already been played out. Mm -hmm. And well, yeah. How was Charles Jock going to get to the meet? He lives. He lived in. Eugene. He didn't ride his bike from Portland. He lived in Eugene. The parking situation is terrible. Why wouldn't he ride his bike? Yeah. It's just a, it's just a great, you got to get the model of the bike. Is it a swim? You know, is it a huffy? Like what kind of, it really tells you a lot about the, about the Olympian. So yeah. I understand pulling that out. <laughs> All right. We'll leave it there. Flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. Keep the emails coming. Thanks to people uh, who wrote in uh, this week. Maybe Gordon and I will read some more on Friday. Lincoln, it was a pleasure. Be safe, be well. 
Alon, thank you for producing. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Bye.